Greetings, greetings, and thank you for joining us this Sunday. Um, I'm glad to have the opportunity to be able to deliver a message here at New Morning Light, and I'm grateful for Pastor Hamilton and the New Morning Light family, and just the opportunity to be able to speak to you all today. Uh, before we get into the Word, I would like to just go before uh, God in prayer, wherever you are with your families at home, watching, streaming, wherever you are, just bow your heads and go to the Lord with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for being God. We thank you for covering us, for keeping us. We thank you for interceding for us when we don't know what to say or what to do. We just thank you for being God. I ask that you would go into the homes of those who are watching, go into the cars, wherever they're sitting, wherever they're streaming right now, Lord, and touch each and every person under the sound of my voice. Father, I ask that you would use me to deliver your message with love, integrity, so that it might spread hope to somebody who's listening. We honor you, we bless you, and we magnify you. In your blessed son, Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Glad you all could join us today. And I want to share a message with you all that is something that has been in my heart. As I was having discussions this week with different people and you look at everyone always on the move and always on the go, folks are dealing with life. Whatever that picture of life may look like, whether it's my family, whether I'm single, whether it's dealing with things at work or at home or whatever the case may be, people are dealing with life. And I didn't know what to share today, but as I was working on a report at work that is looking at how people are doing well, their well-being, their emotional, their mental health. I've had some calls over the past two weeks for people who were going through different things and they just said, can you pray? I've heard stories of depression and anxiety and all these other things that are going on. And so the Lord spoke to me in my heart while I was working. This is a message that folks need to hear. And I cannot tell you that today will be a day where I'm here to get you hyped up, but it's a day where Hopefully, the message will give you hope. And if you will, I'd like to speak on the matters of the mind. The matters of the mind. Our text for today comes from Psalms 94, verses 17 through 19. Psalms 94, verses 17 through 19. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads as such. Unless the Lord had helped me, I would soon have settled in silence of the grave. I cried out, I'm slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubt filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Let's talk about the text of Psalm 94. Psalm, of course, is filled with lamentations. It's filled with psalms and hymns 
of joy and it's filled with stories that people either sang or they lamented on. But it tells a story of the person. It evokes emotion. It evokes the heart. It provides wisdom and nuggets just through the psalm, through the psalter, and those things that are shared with us. In particularly, theologians believe that Psalm 94 is a lament. That means it's a cry song about individuals in the community who were concerned about their well-being. In this lament, the psalmist cries out, asks God for help, confesses his mental state, and trusts God for renewal. Again, in this lament, we see that the psalmist in Psalm 94 asks God for help, confesses the mental state, and trusts God for renewal. I thought that this was fitting given the topic that we're talking about today because of all the things that are going on around the world. You can turn on the news, you can read the paper, your social media, your tweets, the post, and you look at life is real. People are facing things every day. You have anxiety going on. You have depression, suicide, fear, violence, vindication, and rage. These are all real emotions. These are things that affect our mind. And so we've got to learn how we begin to address those things. And I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I know there's so many of us, including myself, where the mind can easily play tricks on us. It evokes our heart, it evokes our emotion, and it challenges our soul and what we believe in. And there's a godly way to deal with our mind. So I want to use this text to dig into the matters of the mind a little bit more. And if you will, I want to talk about the power of the mind. The mind is extremely a powerful thing. It is one of the most, if not the most, it along with our heart, powerful organs of the uh, human body. It is the part of the human body that is able to think and reason. It is the critical organ that controls all bodily functions. It interprets information. It embodies the essence of the human mind, our thoughts, our souls, and even tells the blood where to flow even to our hearts. It is the home of our intelligence. It's where our creativity lies. It's where our memories rest. When we recall things and think back and pass of things that have happened with us. And it is the receptor of that which is transmitted from our heart. It tells us when we're crying, when our heart has been broken, what to feel, what to think. The mind is an important part of who we are. And it's an important part of God's plan to sustain his people. So I, one of the things I want to talk about is what I like to call the triune. We talk about the trinity in three parts and coming together. I'd like to talk about the mind, if you will, from its triune or trinitarian essence. That is, so the triune essence of the mind. In fact, 
if I can use the term the triune essence, I like to say that the mind in the case of the spiritual sense and what we read in the Bible is talking about the heart, the mind, and the soul. The heart, the mind, and the soul. In fact, in the Bible, the three are often grouped together and used interchangeably. In the Old Testament, some of the Hebrew words used to describe the mind were nepel, leb or lebab, and ruah. Nepel, lebab, and ruah. So what do these things mean? It's great. We got these wonderful Hebrew words and we're talking about matters of the mind, but what do these things mean? Some of the meaning behind those words, we talk about life force, soul, self, the inner person, consciousness, thoughts, one's heart, your spirit, your soul, your breath, your being, and your mind. When we read in the Bible, in the Old Testament, those Hebrew words are used interchangeably and they're distinguished by the context in which they're used. And that doesn't just stop there. Even when we get to the New Testament and to the Greek translation, there's dianoia, cardia, which actually, believe it or not, is how we get all of the cardio from the Latin root of cardio, which goes into cardiology and all those things dealing with being and the heart and the flow. That comes from a Greek word, cardia, with a K, that is, uh, nuos and phronio. So these things refer to, similar to the Old Testament, the inner person, the thinking, the understanding, the insight, one's regard, the attitude, the seat of emotion, your heart, your mind, and the inner soul, the inner soul. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. And why is there, why are these things important? You may ask the question, why are you talking about these? Because again, in this whole notion of, of this triune being of the mind, it is in three parts. It does not operate in isolation, but our soul and our heart are connected. How we feel, how we think, and, and how we move and be, it is the essence of who we are. Well, it's not the first time that you probably have heard that we read that over and over again in our Bible. And some of the other examples, aside from the one that we're focusing on today with our focus text, some of the other examples. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, which is also repeated again in Matthew 22, 37, and Luke 10 and 27. Then we move over to Jeremiah 19 and 5. And Solomon, my son, you will learn to know the God of your ancestors and worship him with your whole heart and a willing mind. Again, we keep saying heart, mind, and soul. Search me, O God, Psalms 139. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You will keep me in perfect peace for all those who trust in you whose minds are stayed on you. Isaiah 23, 
I'm sorry, 26 and 3. And we see that again in 58. There's, it's in two spots there. All believers were united in one heart and mind, and they felt that they all owned was not just theirs, but everything had belonged to the Lord. So the possession we see in Acts 4 and 32, our possessions and beings and everything together is affected with our hearts and our minds. Then you will experience God's peace who ex that exceeds anything we could understand and anything we could have. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ. Philippians 4 and 7, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Colossians 4 and 2. That's a bunch of stuff, and I'm fully aware that there's a bunch of stuff we get out of. And I wasn't trying to get you to focus so much on each individual scripture. But the point that we're making here is that there's always a connection between our heart, our mind, and our soul, and that impacts who we are, our being, our essence. But there is help. There is a way to deal with for all of these matters of the mind. So what are the matters of the mind? What are the matters of the mind? Our thoughts, our understanding, our knowledge, our discernment, our wisdom, our prudence, having good and sensible judgment, our regulation, having the prudence to act accordingly, and our sentiment, where heart and mind meet. If you will, and I'm doing this for a purpose, I want us to read today's text one more time because I want it to resonate with the next few things that I want to share. And again, our text Psalms 94, 17 through 19, unless the Lord had helped me, I would have soon settled in silence in the grave. I cried out, I'm slipping. But your unfailing love supported me, O oh Lord. When doubt filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. The matters of the mind, the matters of the mind. I almost want to read the scripture when I look at it. And I think about unless the Lord had helped me, and some of y'all can probably agree with this, you almost want to make that second statement, I thought I would have lost my mind. Unless the Lord had helped me, and I'm not adding to the Bible, I'm just interpreting my own emotion, I would have lost my mind. I was slipping. I cried out. I needed help. Doubt filled my mind. I thought all kind of thoughts, and I didn't know what to do. But the Lord helps us in our matters of our mind. When I don't know where to turn, when my thoughts and ways are not of God's ways, when I thought things that I shouldn't have thought, when I'm anxious, upset, and unsure, when I'm embarrassed, exhausted, and exasperated. 
when my thoughts are vicious, vexed, and even vulgar, when I thought all of these things at once, when I thought I was going to lose my mind, I cried out. That's what the psalmist is telling us here. All of these matters of the mind, the Lord has made himself available for us to cry out. And oftentimes we will hear people say, and they will start to throw things at us. And we have to learn how to be real with seeking real help and dealing with real matters and real issues of the mind. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with being able to share with people of God and talk to Christians and our peers and those who are with us and those who know how to pray, those who know how to pray for us. But I will caution us to say that the matters of the mind are delicate. And the matters of the mind, I love Psalms 94 here because I think there's something special about Psalm 94 because the first thing that you see that the psalmist do is that I had to cry out. I had to confess. I'm dealing with matters of my mind. And I think we have to be careful, not so quick to say, oh, don't speak like that. Don't talk like that. Don't do this. No, life is real. People are real. Matters of the mind are real. It's what you do with. It's how we react to those things. And I love this here because it says, I cried out to God. Don't ever admonish, I'm sorry, or shame someone for saying, I'm struggling. There are too many people dying from suicide. There are too many people who are dealing and internalizing and people who are living in fear and anxiety. There are people who are full of rage. And, 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 and hear me out. I'm not saying that any of these things are necessarily right, but they are things that result from the matters of our mind. And sometimes what we need to do is just let them cry out. And for those of us who understand God and God's plans, we may know to go to scripture. We may know to go and listen and sit down. And as I often say, when somebody says, what's wrong with you? I need to steal away. I need to go by myself. I don't need to hear the noise of anybody else. I just want to cry out. I just want to listen to God. I want to know what God has for me to do, what God has for me to say, and watch my mind and these matters of my mind work with my heart and my soul and get me in check. But everyone is not always that way. So we have to be able to minister to those in a way that shows how resilient God's people are. And we have to be able to help each other in our matters of a mind. So don't tell somebody, don't even talk like that, don't even talk. Sometimes just listen. The presence of your being allows for them to cry out so that you know what to say and how to pray. If I'm not mistaken here, I think somewhere around Romans 26, and we hear God say, when I don't know, when we, Paul said it this way, when I don't know what to pray or what to ask for, the spirit, that inner man, that inner being, that soul that is of Christ maketh intercession for us. So how dare we shame someone else for crying out who may not be where we are? It is our job to help 
intercede on their behalf because someone or the Holy Spirit interceded for us. So we've got to learn how to deal with these matters of the mind. And the first step is being able to cry out, whether we cry out to God or whether we allow someone else who may not understand our relationship with God or who is working on his or her relationship with God to cry out to us. And then we teach them, we show them, we guide them. They're slipping. I'm slipping. We're slipping. The matters of the mind, they cause us to move, to be, and to act. And so the first thing, and we see it here in, in, in verse 18, is the confession and the cry out. Then there is a renewal. A renewal, verse 19. I cried out, verse 18, but your unfailing love, and a lot of times people just need to know that they're loved. Sometimes people just want to know somebody cares enough. You care enough to listen to me. You care enough to love me. You care enough not to even say anything and just be there. They need to see God's love. We need to see God's love. I cried out, but your unfailing love it lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, sinking to rise no more. We all have fallen. We all have done things. We all have had sin, whether it's sinful thoughts, sinful actions, but love of God lifted us. And through our crying out, we were brought back into the fold. We were brought back into a safe mind, a sound mind. And we receive the help that we need. It's a matter of the mind and knowing when to turn to God. When doubt fills my mind, your comfort gave me a renewed hope and cheer. A renewed hope and cheer. We don't always understand what we're going through and we have to be real with that. But here is something supernaturally special about that. We're not supposed to. The way that we will handle certain things sometimes may not be the way that God will handle them. It doesn't mean give up. It doesn't mean quit. It doesn't mean do different things a way that is not pleasing. It doesn't mean give up on self. It doesn't mean beat yourself. It doesn't mean browbeat anyone else. What it means is this right here. My thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could ever imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Isaiah 55 and 8 through 9. Our way of thinking is not always the way of thinking that God would have us to be or to do and Things are real and we don't understand what we're going through. And that's okay sometimes. But this I know from myself. And we have to be reminded of these things oftentimes over and over again. But doubt can become discernment. How do we know that? Verse 18. 
Verse 18 says again, I cried out, I'm slipping, but your unfailing love supported me. I know that if I cry out and I'm down, God will give me enough discernment to know when to cry out, when to listen, when to stand still, when to steal away, and when just to trust in his promise. So doubt becoming discernment, and our discernment then becomes wisdom. Because once things happen, we begin to know, Lord, this has happened over again. This is not new to me. And it keeps repeating itself. And wisdom then becomes dependence, and the dependence becomes trust. How do I know again? This psalmist, this is not something new to this psalmist. How do I know this? Verse 17, after going through verse 18 and verse 19, you look at verse 17 again. This is nothing new. Unless the Lord had helped me, past tense, I've gone through this before. I've gone through something before. I faced something before. So there's a level of hope and trust that comes from the matters of my mind when I discern and when I think about my memories and those things of the past that I've captured that gives me enough hope, memory, wisdom, and discernment to trust God yet again. But it all comes from crying out and dealing with these matters of our minds and then allowing the Spirit to evoke comfort and knowing what God has done before and knowing that we can trust God and knowing even if we have little trust, to just having a small seed and knowing that I have enough knowledge to look at somebody else's testimony and knowing that I have enough understanding where I see just a remnant that I don't fully trust God just yet because I'm struggling with the matters of my mind, but just the knowledge, just the understanding. Lord, give me the discernment to know that there is something there. This is not all for no reason, but help me deal with the matters of my mind. Restore to me the joy that doesn't just come from happiness, the joy that just doesn't come from my situation, but a joyful heart connected to my soul because of what I understand and know through what I've read in your word, through what I've seen from somebody else's testimony or from the memories of my mind. Help me deal with the matters of my mind. You see, the mind does not work in isolation. This perpetuated triune cycle between heart, mind, and soul works together. Where my heart tells me to cry out, then my inner man or my soul, my spirit, tells me to trust and puts my doubtful mind in check. Let me say that again. My heart knows enough to tell me to cry out. My spirit knows enough to remind my mind to trust and take it down memory's lane where something has happened good before and it builds the resilience enough to give me hope to hope again. That's how the heart, mind, and soul works to deal with the matters of the mind. And I love it where the way the Lord works things out because it renews us and it energizes. That's where the resilient comes from because we go through it and it renews us. 
to make us fresh again, to bounce back and to deal with other things. We will get to the point where what once bothered us won't even bother us again. And we will begin to trust more so that the next thing that comes, because the reality of it is life is life. It keeps moving. It keeps being. As long as we live, we will have life to face. But the thing that I love is that with God's renewal and with God's spirit, it changes our mind and our attitude where our soul speaks out. And that intercession becomes the driver for changing us, for renewing us, for reviving us, for making us resilient once again. Through that renewal, our hurt, our pain, our letdowns, those things that took us down the wrong path, those things that took our thoughts off track, those things that brought doubt, those things that challenged our wisdom, those things that challenged our knowledge, those things that challenged our understanding. Romans 12 and 2 tells us, but the renewing of our minds has so much power. It helps us. It guides us. It brings us about full circle so that then we could say, unless the Lord had helped me, I thought I would have lost my mind. You see, the mind is what I like to call the nexus of this formidable and powerful triune essence of the heart, mind, and soul. Because it is the mind that works together with heart and soul to keep the whole human accountable. It balances our body by searching our hearts and beseeching our souls. It is the engine that our heart ignites to drive our actions because it controls our bodily functions. It's the repositories of memories of past of lessons learned to let us know to travel down memory's lane and to trust and to hope again. It is our soul's receptor receiving the messages of the spirit of the inner man who maketh intercession for us and tells us to trust again and tells us to listen to our heart. This is why I believe one of the reasons why Jesus said in Matthew, and while we see in Deuteronomy, we must love the Lord with all three, our heart, our mind, and our soul. We not only must love the Lord, but we must trust the Lord with all three, our heart, our mind, and our soul. When one is not transmitting, the other ones know how to put it in check. I believe through God's divine speaking and the being, there was something powerful about the three working in tandem because he knew the matters of the mind play tricks on us. The matters of the mind are real. The matters evoke our soul, challenge our heart and in our inner being and our anxiety and who we are and how we move and breathe and be. So he set it up in such a way that the three had to work together to keep us in check. Sometimes the mind must guard the heart. Sometimes 
It is the heart's eye to see it and search it, to reveal how it feels and what's right and what's wrong. Sometimes the mind must be renewed to search who we are. Sometimes the soul must search the mind to remind us the trust. Sometimes the heart must regulate the mind not to overthink and to trust the soul. You see, it is in the heart, soul, and mind that mindful matters occur, that mindful matters are dealt with, that mindful matters are healed and moved and dealt with because of the trust in God, because of God's love for us. God loves us. And when we cry out with our matters of our mind, God knows just what to do. God's spirit in each of us, the soul, knows what to tell the heart and knows how to check the mind. Just cry out. And I challenge each of us who are with those who need to cry out to minister and remind them, don't Bible throw. Don't proof text and throw, oh, just don't speak those things. Oh, just listen to the matters of the mind. And then you intercede on their behalf to the great intercessor who will then ignite their soul and their heart to fix their minds, just like somebody does it for us and just like God does it for us when we cry out to him. Whether it is doubt, whether it is hurt, whether it is pain, whether it is uncertainty, whether it is anguish, whether it is vexation, whether it is fear, whether it is vulgarity, whether it is uncertainty or being unsure, whatever it may be, whatever the matters of our mind are, cry out and watch God renew you. Watch God renew us. God created us and he didn't create junk. Each of us were made uniquely and specially. We are resilient people. For thousands of years, we've gone through ups and downs and ins and outs from land to land. We faced pandemic. We faced racism. We faced death. We faced plagues. We faced so much. But we are still here. We are still here on this earth. And we are still kept and we can continue to be kept. Just by the renewing of our minds. First with God. Then ourselves. There is something special about acknowledging things out because then it causes you to check. Your ears and mind receives what your heart made you cry out. So cry out. That's where the life is in the power of the tongue. Because sometimes you just need to cry out. So that this triune, this one, this can activate this other, the heart or the soul or the mind. God sends people to support us, to lift us, and to remind us who God is. 
and to deal with the matters of our mind. And even if we have to go and get help, sometimes that's okay. I believe that those folks who were counsels, those folks who were prophets, those that we see in the Bible, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you if you have to go out and seek counsel, if you have to seek uh, counseling or therapy sessions. God embodies each of us with gifts. Those people have the gifts, the knowledge, and the understanding, and sometimes just the being to be there. And there's power in what you speak. And in the spirit in you, hears what you tell the next person. And watch the activation of the inner soul, of the heart and the soul regulate your mind. It's okay. We've got to learn to deal with the matters of the mind and go down memory's lane and recall to our mind so that we, therefore, have hope. You see, it is the matters of the mind that drive us. They're connected to our heart and our soul. They help us love and trust God, self, and others. They regulate who we are. And they regulate how we are. The matters of the mind. Unless the Lord had helped I soon would have settled in my grave. But I cried out, Lord, I'm slipping. And when doubt filled my mind, God comforted me. He renewed me. He gave me hope and cheer. This day, I don't know who this message was for, but I would pray that you begin to allow yourself, don't repress, allow yourself to deal with the matters of your mind in a godly way, in a way that keeps you in your being and regulates your mind. Let your heart and your soul work with these matters. Bookmark Psalms 94 and 17 through 19. And just read it and meditate on it. Even for the moments you think I'm just about to lose my mind, there is a God. There is only one God. The matchless, resilient, powerful God who we should love and will learn to love, who first loved us with all of his being. Therefore, if we trust him and love him with all of our being, heart, mind, and soul, then so shall he regulate the matters of our mind. Father God, I just ask right now, Lord, that this message spoke to someone, someone dealing with anxiety or depression or feeling low or feeling down or whatever the case may be. Someone dealing with health and healing and they just need to know who you are to fight on. God, deal with us. Deal with our thoughts. 
and help somebody know that you're still God. You still love us. You still care for us. And you will still keep us. And Father God, if there's someone right now who has not received you and trust you and confess that you are Lord, they're missing a special part of this triune essence of the mind, the heart, mind, and soul. God, the soul comes from your spirit that intercedes for us. So I ask right now that those who need to be saved, those who need your soul, who needs that missing link to regulate the matters of their mind, that they will just seek you and just confess. Right now, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you died for my sins. So right now, Lord, please, I give you my soul so that I can fill in this missing link so that you can regulate my mind. I trust you. I believe in you. And I love you. Thank you. Give me the resilience and the renewed hope. I bless you and I love you. And I love you all. And to God be the glory. Amen. And amen.